Episode four oh, of the starting. newly okay. Christians. We're no longer calling it the John and Nikhil podcast because we have an invader in our base, guys. And his hey name, guys! And his He's name back. is Tarun. He's back. He is not what I would call better than ever. Honestly, <laughs> I don't like it. We, we only ever had one episode of the John and Nikhil podcast. Yeah, and it was a glorious one single podcast. You know, it was our one shining moment. Yeah, I really think that first one was where we peaked, and then the, the ones after I think that have been pretty low. <laughs> well, you know, guys, we're out here. I mean, we're I, in the I really appreciate you guys making me feel really welcome on this podcast. I really yeah. feel like I'm an integ- integral part of this. Yeah. On this. On this show, we value giving direct feedback. Yeah, no, this is good. <laughs> just want to make yeah, sure. you know, this is good. This is one of the podcasts where, like, people are like, you know, we're a family. But yeah. this podcast, we're not a family. We're right. Sports. We're, we're a sports we're, team. We're a sports <laughs> team. People can be traded at any given time. I mean, listen. The contracts uh, are all, you know. If we're going to take down a blank check, we're not going to be doing it by being an average podcast. Indeed. And we're going to be a... Wait, should we introduce the name? That, that was the perfect time. We're going right. to be a below, below average movie critics. critics. Below average movie critics. That is what you can find on the t-shirts in our shop. Yeah. All our swag. Yeah. Below uh, average movie critics. Please reach out to Tarun specifically and if yes. you don't get one in time, please blame him. And please please sue me if you don't uh, get a t-shirt. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Also visit belowaveragemoviecritics.com and yeah, I really tell, hope, us, tell us what site that is. I really, really, <laughs> really hope that's not a, not a porn site. <laughs> <laughs> We've definitely done a reason beforehand. We definitely didn't just come for this podcast. Yeah, yeah. We, we are definitely not at all looking up the, move, the website on our phones at right. this moment. Oh, we're definitely at not all. all three or four drinks in. That would be definitely ridiculous. Not. We're, at, yeah, we're not three or four drinks in. Honestly, we're a professional a, a combined more than ten drinks. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all professional podcasters here. We would not be doing this all right, we're exactly. sober. All right, all right so, so let's get into this. All right, so, so into the podcast, yeah. All right, so today's... So we're, uh, we're today we were debating whether we should watch just bad movies or superhero movies. So we compromised and picked a bad superhero movie again in the in the vein of Marvel. Not just a bad superhero, like the worst superhero. The worst. All right. The worst. All right. All right. Well, let's. Sorry, I should. I should. Spoiler. Spoiler. Now we're doing the intro. Let's let's not let's not get after each other's throats so so quickly. Save that for at least two more minutes into our podcast, please. So today we got we just we literally like ten minutes ago, probably not even just five minutes ago, we finished watching X Men Apocalypse. Hot off the presses here, guys. Really appreciate that. Hot off the presses. We we uh, did this for the people. Yes, we watched it so you all would not have to. Correct. So, as just a bit, a bit of background. So, for me, it's my first time seeing this movie. For me, I started watching it and gave up halfway through. For me, I watched the entire thing before, cried for a week, and then these guys asked me to watch it again, and I did. So yeah, John, this is this is the kind of below average performance we expect on the below average yeah. movie <laughs> <laughs> yes this is not us sitting in a room That's right. the, this is a job for all of us we take very seriously we take extremely seriously. we take extremely seriously alright so alright so hot, hot off the presses yeah and, Initial reactions. Initial reactions to the movie. Like the post credit scene literally just finished like three minutes ago. Right. Initial reactions. What, what are you feeling? What are you feeling? <sighs> I mean how do you put into words reaction to this movie besides 
just just bad. I feel like the perfect the perfect summary for this movie is just the last. I feel like the perfect summary is just is is just like advertisement for Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like very over budgeted advertisement for yeah. Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Like two and a half hour long ad. All right. So to, so to set the stage for all of for all of you that may not know exactly where X Men Apocalypse fits into the entire storyline. So X Men, I believe the first first trilogy came out probably like I don't know, 15, 20, 10, yeah, 15 years ago. Yeah, started in two thousand one. Two thousand one. No, sorry, two thousand. Okay, that's almost twenty yeah. years ago. It's almost crazy. twenty years ago. Yeah. Crazy yeah. to think about. So they had three movies. They were all generally like pretty good. At least I thought. Like they were. I love the original. The, the original. The original three X movies are my intro. Were my uh, intro to superheroes. I, I hated X Men Three, but okay. X Three. X Three is controversial. I Indeed. I it's loved it. Very polarizing. It. Very polarizing. Yeah, I, I've done it, but like the original X Men series was like. Honestly, I grew up on that series. That yeah. was like I mean, X Men Two is the first superhero movie I ever saw. I think. Yeah, yeah, and loved it. Yeah, and this sure. was and this was before when this was like, at this time, comic book movies were not very mainstream. Like, and they and they still did a good job selling this like group of action heroes, and so those movies were like overall like pretty good. Um, they're a little bit polarizing, all right, admittedly. Then after that, they came back and they went back into the past to introduce how. Charles Xavier and Magneto, kind of our our, our protagonist and our anti-hero. Right. Um, it's the origin Magneto. story for their Indeed. frenemy kind of relationship. Indeed, yeah. They're like, you know, they're the, <clears throat> the Goku and Vegeta for you Dragon Ball Z fans, the Yugi and Kaiba for no you one, Yu-Gi-Oh! No one fans. gets that. No one knows Literally every, you know, literally everyone in the world is getting this reference. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what's, what's a good reference? <laughs> there must be a good reference. These are top-notch references. It's like, like the like, Kobe and LeBron. <laughs> who is the hero? Who is the anti-hero, John? In Kobe and LeBron. I think Kobe. That's true, actually. Yeah, that's actually, right. That, that's right. That, get, get the, get I, don't, I, don't, I don't want people beating me up. I, I, live, I live in California. So <laughs> yeah, I don't want people beating me up. <laughs> they're like, you know, they're like the rock and stone cold for all you wrestling fans out there. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep going. All right. So, <laughs> actually, I'm gonna stop because, I've, yeah. All right. Anyway, so I feel like okay. Should like. So we set the stage. Yeah, let's get some background for yeah. all, all the fans that don't don't know. Don't know where we're at. But now we're. Should we, should we give a spoiler warning? This 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 we so came out three years ago. So. Yeah, we right. came out three years ago, and we're gonna but, spoil this in depth, yeah, in so great detail. If you haven't seen this movie, which congratulations, yeah. well done. Just well listen done. to this podcast and don't watch. Yeah, yes. uh, like we will like, ruin we're, everything. Yeah, yes. we're like trust you know if you if you want to watch the movie, that's your own like prerogative. But really, you know, if if you were transported to me three hours ago and had a choice between listening to this podcast or watching the movie. Let's just say I wouldn't watch the movie. No, yeah, yeah. I'm glad it's in this in theaters. In respect, I made the right call there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. John, of course, watched it in theaters. I, I paid twelve. Took one for the team. Twelve dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> well, yeah, movies are really expensive. And me, little young me, with I spent twelve dollars. I could have bought several burritos. Indeed. Multiple drinks. It's like yes. 10, it's, like, it's like ten burritos. Taco Bell. Yeah, but I I did this and yeah. But that's the past. Yeah. Should we should we, should we jump into the movie? Let's jump into this. Yeah. Right, let's just let's jump just let's jump straight into this. So for, in, 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 in else for reactions, if we could describe this movie in one word, what would be the one word you guys would use? 
And found, you know, we didn't do any prep. I just kind of made this question up on the spot. So yeah, you really put it on the spot here. Thanks yeah. a lot, man. I'm, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> I'm just here to make people uncomfortable putting them on the spot. Um, I, I also don't have a, a word for this. Actually, I just I do have a word. I just thought about. It. Just came up with one. And All I'm right, gonna, I'm gonna call it. Go for it. Unfocused. Ooh. Um, because there's a lot of characters that they barely take the time to introduce. We're talking during the movie, um, somewhere between our second and third drinks in the movie. Uh, we were comparing and contrasting this movie with X Men or with Avengers: Infinity War. Yeah. Another movie that like you know builds up to this big threat, Thanos, obviously, um, introduces a whole bunch of characters. And there, Marvel took the time to introduce a bunch of their characters one movie at a time. Whereas this almost felt like a shortcut way to the top, which uh, you know they they tried to make it feel very high stakes, but in the end, we didn't care that many about that much about any of the plot lines. So I'd say it's very unfocused. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I would say I, I don't know how to put this in one word. I would just say flat. Like there's mm. no stakes to this movie. Mm. Like it just feels like stuff keeps happening over you know over the course of this movie. There's no reason to care about any of what happens. Like there's mm. no stakes to any of it until at the end you realize oh Apocalypse has been trying to put his soul into Professor X's body the entire time. And you realize this at minute, like, what, 120 of the yeah, movie? Yeah, it was like a something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was like very much the climax of the movie. You realize, oh, this has been trying to do the whole time. And the rest of the movie, you're not sure what's happening or why it's happening or you care about what's happening. So, yeah, overall, I would say flat. That's my reference of this movie. Oh, man. What you got? What you got? Funny, I had paid more attention in English class. Um... <laughs> The word I want to use is bad. Film class. Oh, the word I want to use is bad. But I'm like, I'm harkening back to like third grade Miss Honeysuckle saying like, <laughs> "Bad is a bad word." <laughs> um, so I'll try hard. Well, um, thank, thank you, Miss Honeysuckle. Shout out, shout out if you listen to this podcast, we all thank you for the depth. You of are. Congrats <laughs> on being alive. Yes. Um, oh boy. Okay. Too, but right. she was she was getting up there. In years. Um, but I would say, yeah, I, I would say, like, I would say, oh, I had a word, but then I forgot. Uh, I would say, un. Like, just uninteresting. Like, mm. I think it goes the same thing to inside that, like, literally, I could care less about. Almost every character. I just didn't care about any character in this movie. Even though some of the characters I had seen in previous movies, any care that I had for them was lost. And thus, any once you lo- once you don't care about a character, everything they do is just uninteresting. It's yeah. Just, it's just, what? who cares? Yeah. So let's like talk about this for a little bit. Because this yeah. feels like one of the main issues of the movie for me yeah. is that there are way too many characters. Yeah. And they, they're spread way too thinly across the course of the movie. And they don't really give a real arc to any of these characters. Like, I couldn't tell you what Professor X or uh, Jean Grey or Cyclops realize the course of the movie. They don't have an arc at all. And that's something that I think Infinity War does way better than this movie, which it gives, like, Thanos, obviously, and Iron Man and Thor and all these other characters, or a lot of these other characters, a real arc. And this movie just falls completely flat in the characterization kind of department. Yeah. Yeah. Should we give... Should we give... Before we dive too deep into the analysis, we just... Give like a quick synopsis. Yeah, of the, let's let's get let's give like a quick synopsis. Let's give like a try. Let's give like a minute summary. Yeah, we can try. 
All right, so... Okay, our resonance synopsis. Yeah, true. That's a word. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> John looked at Akil. Akil looked at me. John, 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 John was <laughs> looking at Akil. John, John was looking at true. And I, I, I was looking at John. So well, I don't know. I, you know what? I I I hate this movie so much that I'm happy to synopsize it. Cause All right, I, please. A resident synopsis. John, where where the where the synopsis happens? Yeah. Yes. So this movie takes place sometimes after sometime after Days of Future Past, and. Honest, yeah. The, the fact the fact that it's gonna be this hard to synopsize is a testament to the movie. Okay, so it starts off in Egypt. Okay. Starts off in Egypt sometime in like a three thousand like or four thousand BC. Yeah, like a pretty the, badass. Opening the opening is pretty cool. The opening, cool. Is, it, the opening yeah. harkens back to the Mummy. Yes, wicked, wicked. Thank you. Which is Emotep. Honestly, yeah, it misleads you because it makes you think that you're in for. A, a great movie like yeah. the, like the mummy. It's very disappointing. Right. And it kind of plays in the same themes of like, oh, it's an ancient evil that's been mm-hmm. buried this whole time, and it's now been awakened by the yeah. folly of modern men. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah, the plot of the movie is basically the ancient this guy from ancient Egypt who is basically a god gets turned on by the Egyptian people and buried under this pyramid, and then we flash forward to the future. And he's trying to reshape the world into honestly, no one knows. He just <laughs> yeah. he hates it. like he just wants. I think he just wants to be God, like the God yeah. of the world. Yeah, we know he wants power. We know he wants to rule everyone. We don't know how he wants to get there or why he wants to do it. Or yeah. like what? Ex- like like he keeps talking about like he keeps talking about like you know people are weak, but like. What is he going to do to change? Like, is he just going to kill off all the weak people? Right. He yeah. needs empowering mutants to give them stronger powers and really wicked 80s hairstyles. But oh, yeah. Beyond yeah. that, it's not clear what he wants to do with them. Yes. Yeah. It's, like, pretty confusing because, like, he... It seems like at first glance he's, like, a, so apocalypse, right? He's, like... He's almost disappointed by how humanity no longer just favors the strong. Yeah. And so, like, he's like, oh, we put all our faith, faith in machines, and so he takes all the nuclear weapons and sends them out to space. Which is a weird, yeah. like... I mean, I'll say his definition of strong is, like... Exactly. Yeah. Like, because like, one could argue being strong is, like, being able to define, like, build weapons and use them, right? Yeah, like, like the United, like, the United States is strong, like... Physically, the United States is a body of land <laughs> that exerts no, like, but like, <laughs> like the United States as a country exerts a lot of power right. over, you know, I mean, at least at the very least, people who live in the United States, sure, which sure. is 300 million people, sure, sure. Sure. which is, yeah, so, which is which but like no small, small, no small number. His, his definition of strong is basically like the caveman definition, which is like, People who are like physically, or in this case, mutantly strong. Yeah, which I think really gets to one of the issues of this movie is that Apocalypse doesn't have like a thematic conflict with like the X Men. Yeah. The X Men movie is usually about you know being a minority and you know here yeah. it's just kind of a metaphor the for like of a mutant. yeah yeah maybe being like maybe being gay maybe being transgender maybe being like a racial minority being whatever kind of minority has been traditionally oppressed in society. And Apocalypse doesn't really offer, like, a thematic conflict with that kind of, like, story arc of being, yeah. like, a minority or an oppressed minority. And so he just sort of generically wants power and wants to be strong, wants to, yeah. I guess, empower people who have otherwise been kind of, like, oppressed. But he doesn't really do so in a way that is 
thematically interesting at all. Yeah, so I think if you like contrast this movie with other X-Men movies, like exactly what you said, like there's this tension between Professor X and Magneto where yeah. they both want a world in which mutants in this like you know represent the minority can thrive. Yes. Except Xavier wants it in a peaceful way and Magneto wants it by having mutants exert their power on over well, I mean, right. I mean, I think he doesn't it's it's not about want as much as Magneto thinks the only way sure. to achieve it yeah. is through a show of force. Yeah. And yeah, but I, I mean the concept stands out like yeah, the whole, you know, the X-Men franchise is built on this conflict between warring factions who want the same thing at its core, mm-hmm. as well as a third enemy, which is the government, who kind of represents sort of the the bigoted, like, like the yeah, you know, racist, you yeah. know, sec- racist, sexist. Right. Transgenderist, is that a... Sure. It's like transphobic. Gen- yeah, transphobic. Yeah. Generally, like, oppressive Homophobic, transphobic. Like, yeah. 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 Like, and... But yeah, like it's 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 a battle between it's a battle between competing ideologies, right? Whereas this movie, oh, what like Apocalypse is just I don't think anyone could point. He's what he serve like he doesn't serve as a foil to anyone. Exactly. Yeah, and that's another like you're, you know thinking of comparing this with Infinity War, like Thanos in that movie, he's not just like your cliche villain. Like he's very sympathetic. You can kind of see where he's coming from. You see like. Hey, like this is why you are motivated to do what you're doing, and maybe the audience doesn't agree with your goals or doesn't agree with your methods, but like, okay, like given what you went through, okay, I can kind of see where you're coming yeah. from. Yeah. In this case, apocalypse, like it's just unclear what like success looks like. Yeah. For him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, clearly he wants everyone to worship him. But that's like a really boring, ill-defined goal yeah. for me to have. And plus, like in the movie, he's PC. Like sometimes he feels a little bit noble and that he's like more about enabling the powers of others sure but it's very unclear what he's looking for like and that's like so I see he just he just chooses people like it's not like he's like it's not like he's taking the like down and out people right it's not he's not being like democratic we should we should talk about this so that he chooses like these four mutants who are like his four almost like four horsemen of the apocalypse drum roll please and uh (laughs) He chooses these four mutants who are... not very subtle, but... Yeah. <laughs> so, he chooses four people who are not the most powerful mutants out there, like Magneto and Stormer, obviously very powerful in their own right. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Psylocke oh. has a giant sword, which is right. kind of useful. And she's not introduced ever before, so like the audience Correct. knows who Storm is. Obviously, that's not to Magneto. But Psylocke, like, just kind of this random girl. Yeah, she just comes out of nowhere, yeah. And then Angel can fly. That's his entire power. To Why would Apocalypse yeah. choose him as one of his badass four horses? Like Magneto can fly and do other things. Like he's strictly, <laughs> strictly more powerful. <laughs> strictly, <laughs> right? Like I can do all. That's you can do true. and like a thousand times. Right. Like well, actually, like Stone can fly. Like yeah. Yes. Like all of them. Most of them can fly, and then Angel can also fly, and that's it. And that, but and he has metal, and that's right. Yeah. And he has six pack, which don't understand the power of a six pack. I mean. Alright. So his hair. That's true. The that, hair that's, like, that's, honestly, that's, yeah. a, that's a secret power. Honestly, the, the 80s hairstyle. Yeah. I think a subplot of this movie is <laughs> to distract is that the subplot is that Apocalypse is actually just putting together like a runway model team. <laughs> <laughs> just finding all the best looking. Just all the best looking mutants. Well, that's true because what he does when he finds each of these mutants is he gives them an extreme makeover. Like yeah. Angel, he gives them Literally metal wings, which look way cooler than what he 
Yeah. Which is very cool. And, but it's very, like, 80s, you know, Metallica, Metal Wings. Yeah. And, um, and Psylocke is wearing, like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, like a one-piece bathing suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which goes weirdly with her, you know, energy sword kind of look. I don't yeah. know. It's a little odd. Um, Magneto gets, like, a cape. I think Magneto gets what, cool. what he always gets. Yeah, it's kind of cool, I think, yeah. And Storm um, gets the all-white hair kind of yeah. mohawk. Which I think, she already had the mohawk, I think, but I think it's meant, sure. to, be, it's meant to, like, introduce the... I think it's meant to be one of those, like, dramatic irony moments for the audience. Like, oh, we know Storm has white hair. This is how she gets it, but it doesn't fall flat. It doesn't get yeah. work. I mean, it falls flat. It doesn't go well in this case. Um, the one character who I actually thought, like, they tried to do stuff with, but it didn't work out, was trying to give Magneto a family. And uh, then have yeah. us have us sympathize with him when the right. family. So kind of when we when we situation. meet right when we meet Magneto, he is a factory worker in Poland working in a steel mill or of some sort. Heinrich something. Yeah, he's, he's going by the name Heinrich something. Yeah. Um, and he has a wife and a kid. The wife knows yeah. who he is. The kid has no idea. Yeah. And the kid's and pretty old. So he must have been there for a while. Right, the kid's like ten years old. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you can tell he's been like he's lived his life for a while. Yeah, but and they don't talk. Like, this is this is my biggest like this it, it, it's it's one of my biggest pet peeves in movies that like the concept of telling the audience yes. that somebody is important just like without without giving any sort of like without giving any sort of effort to prove that yeah it's like they told us that the family is important but they didn't like show us yeah and <coughs> this is actually like so. Was it Ultron, where we find out Hawkeye has a family? Yes. Or some movie? And dude, yes. I could not care less about Hawkeye's family. Who got Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Like, maybe, like, maybe he's a shitty dad. Maybe this is, like... Yeah. If you get the family two minutes of screen time, no one's going to actually no, care that he has a family. Right. Like, you, like, if you're supposed to, if you're supposed to, if we're supposed to believe that this is important, prove it to us by giving them more screen time. Right. And yeah. So, this whole family is basically, like, a lead up to the fact that Magneto goes bad again and joins Apocalypse on his quest to, like, destroy humanity or whatever. But, again, we don't care about the family at all because he met them for two minutes. Right. So, who cares? Right. Like, yeah. So, that's, like, that seems like something they try to, they try to make us sympathize with Magneto and give some character development there. But, like, one, it didn't work. And two, even if it had worked, I feel like the audience probably would have sided with Magneto on this one. Like, he has dealt kind of a rough, a rough, uh, like yeah, a rough but, situation. Yeah, just so that, like, I'm just thinking back to other movies that, like, use this sort of, like, you know, this personal wronging to, like, justify, justify means. And, like, this movie just, like, all the time that they spent on Magneto was to show this cool scene where he kills everybody with cool. a necklace, which was cool. Yeah. But, like, Literally, at no point before that did he address how much the family meant to him. At no point after that did he address how much the family meant to him. Well, I think he, he said once, he was like, oh, like, my family, like, the good in me died with my family. Yeah. But, but like, <laughs> he never, like, he didn't mourn it, really. Yeah. All we saw was that, like, they died, and that was kind of, like, that was basically just, like, a justification, like, okay, I can be evil again. Like, yeah. I don't need to, like, I'm not, I'm not emotionally struggling, because, like, that would take a lot of screen time, <laughs> and there are too many plots to do that. But, but like, all right. True, true, is walking out. I need a quick bathroom break. All right, well, we're professional guys. This uh, is well, this is a professional podcast. So, all right, all right. podcast. You know, I'll see you guys next time. Yeah, all right. I, 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 is gone. Just like the John, John and Nikhil podcast is back.
right. All right. But like, yeah, like the like never did I believe. Like never did I look at Magneto and think like like his change was justified. Yeah. Like he did. Like I don't even like from watching this movie. If you had asked me, did Magneto love his family? I'd been like, I mean, it's not enough information to tell. <laughs> I don't like. Not really. I think yeah. Magneto was just inherently evil, the evil, and just needed an excuse to be evil. Exactly. Like if anything, that what the family scene showed me was like that was almost an explanation for why he didn't turn evil earlier in the movie. Like, did, like that was almost a way of saying no. It took this moment for Magneto to become evil again, and this is like our justification for why he wasn't evil the entire time between Days of Future Past and now. And it was, yeah. That's actually a good point of like. It was like a way of reintroducing him to why he was doing it and not have us answer. It was like, it was a way of answering the question, what is he been doing this whole time more than anything else? I think it's also a good point of like, it's a way of, it's a way of, it's a way of making Magneto a professional podcast. Damn it, Tarun, why'd you do that? Damn it, Tarun. All right. But like, it's a way of, it's a way of, it's a way of making Magneto the bad guy. Because Magneto's always the bad guy, which is like yeah, you have to feel for him. Actually, like, 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 but it's a it's a way of making him the bad guy, without making him a bad guy. Like, it's a way of like making him the enemy, but also still making it seem like maybe he's good on the inside. Mm-hmm. Which is what the whole that's what the whole reboot of the X Men has been about is like trying to capture that like trying to capture what the original three X Men movies just accepted was that Magneto Magneto and Charles were opposite sides of the same coin but whereas the original three just showed that through action and not caring about the fact that like in the original three Magneto did not need he did not need to justify that he was fighting against the X-Men yeah he just we just assumed that he just that did he had and I think that's the important thing is that he had like Magneto in the original three he had this ideology that drove him and he did not need, like when you have a, a, an ideology that drives you you don't need to justify it it's part of who you are it's part of what drives you you don't need to justify it to anyone this movie felt like they took Magneto and like <laughs> they were like uh, why, like, why, like, why, why would Magneto be with Apocalypse? Uh, let's give him uh, a family that we let's, can kill let's him. Con- yeah, let's murder a family. Like, yeah. that'll convince people. Yeah. All right, so I feel like we've been on this, this topic for, for a little bit. Yeah. Um, are there other characters that you guys feel like really didn't get their due in, the, in this movie? Well, I was going to say, let's, okay, yeah, let's talk about Jean Grey. I mean, I don't, like, do jump out to Jean Grey. I think Jean Grey was the worst character in this movie. I well, she was at, like, the end came out of nowhere, and she was a character that, she was a character that didn't, it's not like she was struggling with how to control her power the entire movie. So there was no effort. Remember. Like, I think they assumed that we had watched the original three, like, if you had watched the original three X-Men, sure. You understand that Jean Grey is actually Phoenix. Right. And she has this incredible power welled up inside of her that that Xavier has kind of, like, blacked out. But you can't, like... You... It's, it's like, in this movie, it's 
in this movie itself, that was like, Jean Grey was on screen for a hot, like, two minutes, <laughs> and those two minutes were spent with her flirting with Scott. Yeah, absolutely. Like, literally, at no point was anything ever addressed about, like, her really struggling with her powers yeah. and, like, trying to find Which, her. Which, again, goes to the point of no one in this movie having a real character arc, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Charles, Magneto, Jean Grey, Cyclops, none of them actually were a character arc of any of any kind. Jean Grey, maybe you can say, like, oh, maybe she kind of, like, starts the movie afraid of her powers, then ends the movie not afraid of her powers, but they do so little screen time with her that it's hard to say that even that really happens. But, yeah, that's... Because there's no, like, after, like... Her not being afraid of her powers is actually just the professor telling her to... The professor releasing the Phoenix Force. Yeah. And, like, it says nothing about Jean Grey. Right. <laughs> exactly. She doesn't have a personal epiphany which says, oh, like, my powers are a de- an essential part of me or something like that. No. She just lets go of her control and becomes the Phoenix or whatever. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah it's, it's a really shallow kind of arc there. Yeah. I... I yeah. In, in terms of other characters that are, like, really underserved mm-hmm. in this movie... I would say that Jennifer Lawrence turns in perhaps the worst performance ever seen her put yeah. in in a movie. Super. Just, just really. Just very just uninspired. In. Yeah. Flat, uninspired. Uh, she, she seemed like she was just there because she had signed some multi-movie deal with, with yeah, X-Men. Yeah. I, I, sh- I would not be shocked if that yeah. was the case. And then they realized yeah. Jennifer Lawrence is way more popular than, any, than her character Mystique. Yes. And so it's also interesting, like, I think in these later movies, she spends more time looking like Jennifer Lawrence than she does in the previous ones. Right, right. Where right, she right, just right. spends more time looking at Which was the point, the whole point of the first several movies was her accepting yeah. that, her accepting that she as a mutant was more, like, Appealing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like she found the beauty in being a mutant. Right. And in this movie, even amongst other mutants, she showed up as Jennifer Lawrence, which was like, like, what is like? Well, yeah. Are you back to being a sh- like? Well, these these did set these were set earlier than the other ones in their chronology. Yeah, but also like no, in not, this not, movie, not not future past. Or not, yeah, that's right. That's not, right. Or not first class. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. That's right. It happened. But the whole the whole the whole character. Arc, that's fair. That's fair. In, that's her fair. whole character arc in first class was accepting herself. Yeah. And this movie, like I know it might have just been a small technical detail, but like she spent the whole movie as Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, no, I think it's important. It's even important. even when she was at the mutant academy, right? Where it was like, like. Well, like, Which makes no sense. Yeah, it's no like sense. the time to be your true self. Yeah. And also, she, in this movie, everyone perceives her to be this grand hero sort of character. Well, in the last movie, she almost assassinated uh, the Peter Dinklage character and the present and, like, a lot of the White House. Mm. And it's like, how did you go from that to being this hero that everyone looks up to? So I just, Yeah, I don't understand where the hero thing came from. Yeah, that was just bizarre. That was one of the most forced in pieces of characterization. Again... Just like uh, with Jean Grey, they try to give her a character arc of her initially not wanting to be a hero, and by the end of the movie, accepting the task of being a hero and a leader, but again, that is just so shallow and forced in, it just mm-hmm. feels totally artificial. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I totally, yeah, totally agree that, like, they, it, it felt like, I think you said it while you were watching it, but it felt like somebody, somebody at the movie studio was like, Jennifer Lawrence is doing real well these yeah. days, guys. <laughs> let's give her half. <laughs> let's make her the hero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, yeah, let's, let's rewrite history. Yeah. 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 And I was like, 
as a super, as a fan, as a really big fan of the original three, where like Mystique, like has none of this like, like Mystique is a is a is a henchman of Magneto. Yeah. Like, oh, like none of this makes any sense. Like, what? Like it's just. Blah. Yeah, yeah. That's all I can say. All right. Yeah. So, so I feel like we've we've like gone pretty far down the the character, like the lack of character arc. Um, are there are there any good parts of this movie that are worth highlighting? <laughs> <sighs> Did you guys like the Quicksilver scene? Because the Quicksilver scene is Luckbill's favorite part of the last movie. It, it was your past. long. So what did you guys think? Like you thought it was long. I, thought it was long. I, I actually, I I think it's a thing that like. Like, when you're watching, like, you know, when you're, like, sitting there and people are, like, throwing fecal matter at you, and then, like, you somebody, find like... find yourself in the situation often. Like, somebody, <laughs> yeah. And, like, somebody accidentally throws, like, a dirty sock at you. Yeah. You're like, thank you. You, you say it. Like, I feel like that's, I feel, I feel like that's what this, like, the scene in a movie of just terrible things uh-huh. this this scene came in and it was like mild it was enjoyable it was right. fine right it was like trying to be some of a pure cinema joyous moment in an otherwise yeah. field of great. you know mediocre track but like in another movie I would have been like this this was too long right and was pointless I feel yes. like they, they went for they went for like they knew that the scene of Quicksilver was good in the previous movie so they were like we know this seat's gonna be a hit. Yeah, let's just keep it going. It's like definitely. It's like the, the it's like um the cheap pop. It's like it's a wrestling term. Basically, they'll just they'll just put out stuff that they know the crowd will like, uh, even yeah. if it doesn't quite fit in with what else going on. It's like right. we'll, we'll get a pop for the crowd. It's yeah, cheap. this felt very much like that. It's like they, we know we're gonna like this. Let's give him like a long montage, but it kind of went on for a while. And he, honestly, he was saving a lot of characters that like. It would have been fine if we didn't see that happen. <laughs> right. It was. It was a very. I think that's a really good analogy. The cheap pop. I like that a lot. I think also and again another character where they try to give him a character arc of like saying you know this guy is definitely Magneto's son, and it, the whole movie there's this moment where he says to Magneto, "Hey, I am your son. You have some family left in this world." <laughs> but he didn't say anything. And then he didn't say anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, oh. He's like, like I love at the end they were like, you know, Magneto, you have stuff worth fighting for, and like. No one said exactly what it was. Like, if I was yeah, right, you know, in that situation, I'd be like, Who, who are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you guys come to me in this moment where I'm destroying the world yeah. and are like hemming and hawing about, like, you got stuff to live for. Eh? eh? <laughs> Audience, you know what we're talking about. Audience. <laughs> but he's like, Who are you talking about? Like, yeah. And then, yeah, that, that whole thing. Like, I think one thing they're trying to do with the Quicksilver scene was that, like, Unlike Magneto, who cares just about protecting the strong, they guess they showed him protecting the weak and right. everyone in the school. But that's honestly me just rationalizing <laughs> yeah. and trying to give them more credit than maybe they, they deserve when they made this movie. Because that scene, it seemed more just like cheap pop. And then later on in the movie, Quicksilver says, I can't do anything, I'm always too late. It's like, no, you literally saved everyone <sighs> by showing up at exactly the right time, totally coincidentally. You're not too late, you're just yeah. conveniently in the right place at the right time. This, this movie is full of so many just head-scratching one-liners like that. That's yeah. just one of an ocean of terrible one-liners. Yeah. It, it, it seems like a movie that was made by, like, by committee with different people making up, coming up with stories at different times in the movie and not thinking about yeah. how to fit together. Do, do you think that just, like, 
it's, it's a little tangent, but like, as we're talking about like a little, like what this right. movie is, is that like, do you think, so, something that I've read is that like, so this is, it's directed by the same guy who directed all the other X-Men movies. Right, so this, so this is Brian Singer who directed X-Men 1, X-Men 2, and Days of Future Past. Yeah. Hmm. Is he like, is he, is, is he just like, is he just out of steam? Like, is he just like, is he just trying to relive old tropes? Is he just trying to like relive the plots and like the characters we like all fell in love with in previous movies? With like, it, it feels like he just was trying to like relive old X Men movies and not, but it didn't bring anything to like, just didn't put any effort. I feel like this, like I think in past episodes we talked about this for for Ultron and Joss Whedon. Yeah. Where I think the director was probably forced a bunch of stuff, and he just kind of had to make it work. And then, <coughs> like, I, like I feel like Brian Singer is capable of like way better than this than this movie. He's yeah. That. So I feel like he was just given the thing of here's Apocalypse. You're gonna have to tie this in, and we really want Storm to be there, and we really want another character like Psylocke right. to be there. We want Nightcrawler to be there. Jennifer Lawrence to be this 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 big thing, Dude. and this, and so I think he was just like dealt a tough hand. Yeah, that's and, actually a really good analogy. I like yeah. the comparison to Age of Ultron. Because like, we didn't get way better on Age of Ultron. We know that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I like because Age of Ultron also felt two overstuffed characters, mm-hmm. yeah, and with a burden with the villain that no one really knew what to do with. Right, so I think that's a really good comparison. Did, yeah. did, did you do? I mean. On those lines, do you think that, like, if, so, back to, like, if I, if I had to think of one other word to, mm-hmm. to name this movie, I would say, I would say just, like, uh, just background. Like, this, ca- this movie kind of just felt like it shoved all the background you might need so that a movie, maybe Dark Phoenix, perhaps, mm-hmm. wouldn't <laughs> would just be able to have all the background you needed. Like, do you think that, like, somebody in the executives were like, we need all these characters, we need to establish who they are and what their relationship is, so that Dark Phoenix, which comes out in 2019, will be a success? Yeah, I can see that. Because it feels like they kind of wanted to get, like, the original X-Men team in there. They wanted to get... Jim Gray, Scott, Storm, Quicksilver. Yeah. Or actually, because we're the original. He's like, even, even Wolverine a little bit. Yeah, even Wolverine a little bit, yeah. Oh but they want to get some large fraction of the original X-Men team in there for Dark Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think their way of doing this is probably to like, show them all into Apocalypse that they were there for um, for Dark Phoenix. But it's yeah. really weird because, like, Apocalypse is supposed to be... Maybe I'm, like, sticking too much to the comics, but Apocalypse is supposed to be, like this huge grand villain. And so to use him as a setup for something else, yeah. like maybe Dark Phoenix is going to have like the most badass villain of all time, but... Like, Dark Phoenix is cool. I, like... I mean... Dark Phoenix... Like... I like Dark Phoenix as a villain. I'm not, I'm not going to say that she's not. Sure. But just like, to waste an entire movie to build up to her... Yeah. Is... Like, just a poor... Just poor, poor. Yeah. Yeah. Also, also, one thing I was thinking about was, so in, in, in the whole storyline, right, like there's X-Men 1, 2, 3 in the future, then they come back with this like, prequel storyline. Right. And at some point, 
like there's some gap of time between where this prequels end and when the first movies start, which is the time they have to play with for all these movies, basically, right? So, do you think that they can build up a compelling world of villains and heroes in that time? Because we know in the future they all still survive. <laughs> like, do you think that they're kind of trying, to do, they're they're kind trying, of trying to, do. to do something interesting? I think that's why they have so many plots. Is that like they're like guys like we don't like Marvel's killing it. So like we need to introduce like Storm, Jean Grey, Scott. We yeah, need, we need we need Nightcrawler. We need we need like we don't have time to develop them. Just put them in a movie. It's fine. But it's tough, like, because it feels like the stakes are just lower because you know that this is part of a timeline of which, in the future, everyone's going to be fine. Right. And maybe maybe Quizzler won't. I mean, he clearly didn't make it in the Marvel's timeline. <laughs> but but also, like, also, just, you don't have, like, you don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to focus that much on who these characters are. Like, Hmm, because you know what they're going to become. You know what they're going to become. Hmm. If you want to give one a backstory, then give it the give it the time it hmm. it deserves. Mm-hmm. But not every character, like not every character needs a a super strong backstory. The original X Men movies. I think only Wolverine got a backstory, right? Wolverine got a backstory, but it was great because the other characters they they lived in the moment. And they fought toward the plot of the movie, mm-hmm. at which point it didn't matter yeah. where they came from. Yeah, this movie it felt like uh, they just they wanted so much to like for us to have every little character have a little backstory. Yeah. Like Scott, when, why why would we care about Scott? Yes, Scott <laughs> has a backstory. Nightcrawler yeah. has a backstory. Yeah, um, Storm had like it just doesn't like if your backstory doesn't serve the the movie, then it needs to be. A different movie. Totally agree. Yeah. And this is genius of Marvel, right? Is that each main character gets their own movie, which provides the backstory for their character. Like Captain yeah. America, Thor, sure. each of their origin movies, Guardians of the Galaxy, and man each got their own yeah. origin stories. And, and, sometimes, and, sometimes, yeah. and sometimes those movies weren't, like, amazing. Yeah. But Marvel said, no, it's worth us, like, yes. making the trade-off of giving them an origin movie such that when we put them together... You'll know where they come from, right? Yeah. And the movies were like, yeah, like I said, they were like, like Doctor Strange wasn't, wasn't like the greatest movie ever, but like, yeah, it was like fine. It's fun that it's smash hits okay. as long as you get like, I mean, you know, make a fight over this now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's not let's not do Doctor Strange podcast here. We're gonna talk right, about let's go. Right. John has taken off right. his shirt and is wielding a knife somewhere. Uh, I don't know where you're gonna listen. Talking about shit about Marvel, you get hit. Yeah, I don't know. John's being threatening. Okay, I'm calm, to kill. I'm calm. It's fine. Right, calm down. It's, it's fine. It's fine. fine. All right. All right. Let's see. I, I, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, move, I think a lot of movies, they make the mistake of assuming that, like, we need, we need to have a backstory and care about every character, when in truth, we need to have a backstory and care about, like, some characters. Some yeah. character. Yeah. Like, some characters. Totally. It's, it's okay to not give them a backstory. That's totally yeah. fine. Like, like, totally. Pepper Potts in Iron Man, she doesn't look like... She's a love interest of Tony Stark, but, like, we don't have a backstory for her, and it doesn't matter. Right. She's like, not... Like, she... Her role in the movie 
is to help forward the Iron Man plot. Right, along. yeah. I think the problem here is that each of the X-Men characters introduced here are so iconic, you can't not give them a backstory. Oh, if you introduce yeah. Storm or Green yeah. or Scott or yeah. Quicksilver and don't do the backstory, fans will be furious with you. Yeah. So I think the better move here would have been to just not put them in the movie or put yeah, all of them in the movie. Maybe, Maybe just have a Gene and Scott one and then introduce Storm and Quicksilver in the next movie. <coughs> That's actually a good know? point. That's a good point, actually. I, I, I would have loved to have, like... like yeah, I, I, like... I think, yeah. Takes, take Nightcrawler, take Storm, and take Quicksilver out of this movie and focus on Scott and Jean Grey. And I think they... Those two, their backstory and they're like, they encompass the heart of what this movie is trying to say, I think. Yeah. Like, you know, sort of an outcast struggle. Mm -hmm. But give them the time to prove that, give them the time to prove that that's not just them saying that they're an outcast. Prove that they are an outcast and also prove that it matters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, quick, like the other three, four characters, they didn't. They were basically just there for cool CGI scenes. Yes. Like, literally, point. Like, literally could not care less about them. Yeah, totally. Um, one other thing about this movie that I feel really strongly about was that it looked like crap. Yeah. It looked like a PS3 cutscene. Maybe even a PS2 cutscene at times, where um, everything, in the, everything in the final action scene in Egypt looked terrible. Which is... The CGI consistently was awful. I feel like a lot of the reviews... I, I feel like a lot of, like... The, the reviews are, like... They all talk about... Sorry, I'm on the floor now. Um, <laughs> this movie has demoralized on... It's so really much. Like, I'm on losing scene. Yeah. But I, I'm gonna power through. But, like, good. a lot of the reviews were, like... They talking about, like, the VFX were good. And, like... Was it just because the movie was just so god awful that they were like, like they, they were like, they were like, it looked like a like a semi professional made right. VFX. It was like someone who like jumped off the Titanic while it was sinking and then grabbed them into a lifeboat and said, "Oh, it's not all bad. We got a lifeboat. And the lifeboat here is the VFX." <laughs> yeah, like That's good like the v, like the VFX like it wasn't terrible. Yeah, but in a in an age of an age where like cinema, like VFX and CGI has gotten so good, it looks it looked bad. It looked terrible, yeah. I think also relatedly is that the action scenes were all very bad. Okay, actually two points here. A the action scenes all looked bad individually, where we were we were all laughing in incredulity at all the action scenes. Yeah, some of them just didn't make sense. Like Psylocke can slice through a building, Car and but, a building? Then, but then like when she has beast by the neck she doesn't do anything yeah exactly like yeah the other thing is that there was one major action scene in the entire movie and that was at the very end usually in a movie like this you have one big scene around the 60 minute mark and you have one big scene towards the end and a couple other ones sort of like sprinkled throughout which are smaller and this movie only had one at the very end so the pacing felt very slow and throughout the movie up until the very end it felt like nothing was happening that's because there was no action up until the very end. Yeah, but it was rushed. So yeah, there's a weird pacing, lack of action thing. True. And you might say the Quicksilver scene was there. The Quicksilver scene was there well, way too late. <coughs> and also wasn't really an action scene. There it was, was more like a music video for uh, <laughs> seven seven what is it? Whatever, whatever that song is. Yeah. You, you know what they had was the um, sixty minutes in the movie, as if on as if on a timer to fulfill yes. their quota. 
Yes. They put that stupid loop. They put the stupid Wolverine scene. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, was which, like, which was in the marketing for the movie. On Amazon, yeah. they even had a still of, from a movie that showed Wolverine that wasn't even this one. Yeah. It was, it was like, Expedited Days of Future Past. It, so, it felt like yeah. they were like, it felt like, <laughs> it, was a cheap it felt like they were like grabbing on to like Hugh Jackman's like, like, Shoes and we're like, Hugh, please <laughs> carry us out of this. Right, take us out of this. And movie. out of sympathy, he agreed to cameo in this movie. But he looks, God. Uh, he just looks so dumb. And he had the thing on his head. He had a like, headset. Had no reason. Shared none of the qualities of, like, this movie. Like, it just basically portrayed Wolverine as this maniac killer, just murdering everyone. Yeah, and captured none of the like lovable grizzliness that. Wolverine is like will murder people but is not like a maniac yeah. yeah I don't know I feel like we didn't really finish synopsizing this movie but we kind of got derailed alright yeah, let's, let's, let's come back should we, should we, should we <laughs> we're like we need to we're like an hour should we just we go back to synopsis you know, I don't know I think, I think if at this point we haven't convinced you enough to not watch <laughs> yeah like you know it's, it's, it's not a good movie. It's not I'm, a good movie. I'm gonna, I had an extensive list while I liked this movie of yeah. things that I hated about let's, it. Let's cover some more stuff. Let me see if there's anything. Okay, okay. Well, so, yeah. one other thing I, want, I wanted to bring up is that Apocalypse has this random grab bag of powers. Like, he has. Um, he can kill people with sand. He can he can meld people into walls. Yeah, he'll, 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 I'll, 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 he can learn I'll, languages from the TV. <laughs> I think I said during the movie that, like, it felt like Apocalypse's powers were, like, thought of by, like, they thought about like a middle schooler <laughs> like they went to middle school and they're like okay you need to kill a guy how do you do it and right. they're like mm, I turn him into a wall <laughs> and they're like perfect <laughs> put it in a film <laughs> yeah it was it was like I mean I, I appreciate the like the like Egyptian themed powers sure but they were like I mean the scene in the wall just made me think of like this is the one original. Like the scene in the wall just made me think of Carbonite from Star Wars. Like the this, the scene like where he like just nice. blew stuff away just nice. made me think of like all the stuff from the Mummy like we were talking about. Yeah. Like none of them seemed that good movie. None of them seemed that interesting. Yeah. Um, like and he I guess he had the power of like expanding other people's powers, which was cool. But like I feel like it, I mean I feel like Apocalypse's character that you were just like told was a badass and then never saw proof of it. And so as a result, it's felt overhyped like the whole movie. He was the classic villain of like, yeah, we're told he's a badass and they give him this like overly auto-tuned voice. Yeah. To, yeah, and Oscar is Isaac like, is a good well, actor. Oscar Isaac is like maybe one of the best actors working I right know, now. I know. They gave him this. Like, and it's yeah, so sad. Like, they buried him under blue face and this weird outfit and it's yeah. just like, awful. Like, it's just, the villain is just like, oh, I was just like cringing the whole time. Yeah. I'm like, him going around like, I am your god. I will burn this world. And you're like, you're like, will you, will you, will apocalypse? Like, like, are you just, you seem like, you seem like an emo, like, thir- he seems like an emo, like, 13 year old who's like, <laughs> upset, like his mom won't let him go to the, go to the death metal concert. Yeah. Well, also, like, he never kills anyone in the entire movie. Well, he does in the beginning. He, like, Except for like, his random like, bystanders. Yeah. yeah, in the beginning, he like but, like decapitates them, and you're like, oh, shit. Right, he never kills any of the, any of the X-Men. Unless he's, unless he's a thing against killing mutants. It's very weird. Yeah, and that's never... That's like not even said. Like, if, if he had that thing, that would have actually been an interesting plot point. Right, if he had killed off, like, Beast or Mystique or something, that would have been, like, great. That would have been, like, yeah. an amazing plot twist. 
But as it is, there's no stakes to the movie because he never yeah. kills anyone. There's never any sense that anyone's really in danger. I think that brings up another point. Like, because you know a lot of these characters are going to be there in yeah. the future. Like, why would that's very true. He could kill off Quicksilver because, like, no one cares about him in the future. But, like, a lot of these characters, you, you know he's not going to kill off Cyclops. Right. You know he's not going to kill off Cyclops. <laughs> you know he's not going to kill off Professor X. So, like, in a lot of ways, unless you give the villain, like, a reason for us to care, why would anyone care about what happened in this movie? Yeah. And so I, I find myself questioning, why do I care about what happened in this movie? <coughs> yeah, also, so like... Don't. Yeah, I don't. I think you were saying this earlier, like... Like, for for this being who seems to be, like, basically all-powerful, it's kind of adorable that he, like... <laughs> he feels like he needs the power of friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, John. Hey, John. Teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah. He's right. like, it feels like he's, like... He's, like, this all-powerful, like, being. He's a god. And like, he's, like... But he's, like... He's like, you know what? It gets lonely up at the top. I need some. Yeah. <laughs> I need some pals. I need some buddies. Yeah, Xavier even said that he was like, you, you don't have anyone. I have Jean. Kill him. Yeah. And he's like, so, oh, I, I don't have anybody. I, 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 I got Magneto. I mean, Magneto, we're pals. And right? Magneto's like, no, I'm going to extremely not subtly put an X in front of the yeah. hero. God, that was so bad. Yeah. Oh my God. Good God. I, I, I don't know if viewers at home caught on to this, but when Magneto's turn on Apocalypse, put a giant X made of metal in front yeah. of him. Which is like, which like Magneto's not a uh, fucking X-Men. He's yeah. not. What is, right, like it's one thing, like, it's one thing if like at the end of Logan, like the gravestone says X, but that's like Wolverine. Yes. That's like the most ultimate X, probably like the person that personifies like what has been X-Men more than anyone. Yes. Like, Xavier. Yes. But then there's this guy who like Magneto, who literally like his mission in all the movies is to like, like destroy the X-Men. He, he's, he's like, I'm going to put, X-Men. I'm going to put he doesn't hate them, yeah. He doesn't hate them, but he's like, they certainly are not on the same same page about how, what, what they should do. Yeah, that'd be like, that'd be like, I, I, I can't even think of an analogy because no one's been stupid enough to, <laughs> yeah. to do such a dumb, <laughs> dumb thing ever. Yeah. Oh, God. Alright, so this, sorry, where are we at? Just everybody, everybody take a deep breath. Okay, I'm gonna need to count to. I'm need to count about twenty thousand to, to. I think we've hit all the major points I want to talk about in terms of why I. I, I want to talk about this movie. I want. I mean, I want to end on. I, I want to end on the end of like. Good. <laughs> end on the end. End on the end. I think. I think we've gone over why this movie. You know, characters that we don't care about. Yep. Um, villain that's villain that's uninspired and uninteresting. Check. Just all this bad stuff. And even then, the movie is middlingly bad. Like, it's... it's like, sure. It trudges yeah, along. Right, it's like between below average and mediocre. That's true. Like, you keep waiting for it to be better. That's the thing. It's not like irredeemably bad. You keep waiting for it to turn around and be like yeah. a great movie. But yeah, it, it has, has like, the opportunity to, but it takes. But it has the characters you love. Yes. But then the end, the end of the... Oh my God. The end of the movie is just like... It's like they took this already bad movie and we're just like, you know what? <laughs> Why? Like, let's just laugh at the audience for having spent an hour and a half <laughs> watching this. <laughs> and like, they bring Jean Grey in. Alright. Uber spoiler alert. If you haven't seen this, we're just gonna spoil the ending. But honestly, you're welcome. So like, <laughs> yes. they bring in Jean Grey and Jean Grey... Just do sex machina's the living shit out of the movie. Oh my god. And like becomes the Phoenix, kills Apocalypse, 
Just like in two seconds. <laughs> and like, and everybody else in the movie, like, was like, and then like, you're literally just left sitting there and you're like, why did this movie happen? Yeah. Like, nothing. Like, because the thing, like, it's hard to explain because like, Deuce Ex Machina is inherently, like, it's the hand of, what, it's like hand of God. Mm-hmm. Something like that, yeah. And like, it's hand of God, it's like the hand of God coming in and saving people. But even, even a Deuce Machina movie has the responsibility to create a dramatic tension and importance around a Deuce Ex Machina moment. So yeah. Like, in X3, there was sort of a Deuce Ex Machina moment mm-hmm. where Wolverine just is given the right to go stab Jean Grey. Yeah, but even that, like... Like, I you mean, can tell he's sacrificing a lot by doing it. Yeah, I wouldn't even say that was a... Yeah, I would uh, just in a moment. I would say that was, like, a character moment of, like, yeah. him realizing that he needed to kill her. Uh, I'm trying I, to think I, I, Yeah, that's, I'm not even sure what a good moment is <laughs> off my head, but... Yeah. Oh, hey, like, Harry Potter. Harry Potter is a great one of, like... Harry Potter has a deuce-ex mocking a moment where... Harry, you know, Harry is, like, I'm actually the owner of the Elder Right, and it's it's a little bu- I, I know, it's a little bullshit, but at the same time, we have fought we yeah. have fought so hard like alongside, between yeah. alongside Harry against Voldemort, yeah, that like it feels like you're like <gasps> you're like yes, and also it makes sense with the context of the movie mm-hmm. that like yeah. he would be on the other one. It's like oh yeah, that actually makes sense. Whereas her had being the Dark Phoenix, yeah. it was not at all hinted at the exactly. entire time. Exactly. Yeah. Again, it's one of those things, like, I think you guys said earlier, this earlier, where it only makes sense she's the phoenix if you know the comics or have seen X3. Right, right like, if, if, you, if you didn't know that, and you didn't know that the fire just happened to look like a phoenix, you'd be like, wait, so this girl could do this the entire time. Yeah. Why would she do it? Why are we even concerned? She had this in the bag. Why were they just fucking around with these other useless heroes? Yeah, like, whoever like, screamed up this movie, just let the ball drop in, like, the biggest possible way. Yeah. Like, dear God. I mean, it, it really seems like one where they initially had a different ending planned, and then they were, like, overruled and said, no, we're making Dark Phoenix. Market it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We do a tie Dark Phoenix, like, now, in this movie. Yeah. They, um, there's so many, like... <sighs> man. Because, yeah, I mean, literally, we talked about how many... We talked about how there are so many characters, and they had tri- how they tried to give everyone, everyone two minutes... Of yeah. like, and then, so that was already terrible because like that's not enough time. But then at the end, they just proved to you that that was worthless mm-hmm. because literally none of those characters, ma- like none of those characters mattered. The only character who mattered was Jean Grey, who got basically zero screen time. Correct. Mm-hmm. Like she, she had no backstory. Her only backstory was that she met with Scott. And she was like, I know what it's like to be an outsider. And you were like, do you, Gene? Like, doesn't seem like I it, mean, you, you say that, but like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I haven't seen anybody dislike you. She seems like almost perfectly in control of her powers as far as we know. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. everybody seems to like her. And then, yeah. But like, is it, yeah. But like, it, like, Quicksilver, unimportant. Cyclops, unimportant. Beast, unimportant. Yeah. Mystique, un- Storm, unimportant. None of them mattered because Dark Phoenix literally just do say to She was more like, 
she was more powerful than Apocalypse all along. Yeah. Right. And why the hell do we need any... Why do we hell do we need 12 other characters? Right. When she was... She's the most powerful character all along. Yeah, and they're right. like... They almost, they're like Apocalypse has been heralded as this, like, this godlike figure the entire time, all-powerful. And, like... It's not even like they discover some flaw in his whatever that they exploited. It was like, no, she's actually just stronger. Yeah, yeah. There was no... Like, there's no... There was no hero's struggle. No, there was, like, the hero's... The Surprise! Struggle, the, struggle, <laughs> the struggle was Charles remembering, like... Oh, right. Oh, right. Jean Grey is super powerful. Jean Grey is actually powerful in this movie. I just forgot until now. Oops. <laughs> let, me, let me just snap my fingers and <laughs> tell her... Jean, yeah. just kill him. I, what, what a whoopsie. God. Yeah. And, like... I mean, perhaps a fit perfect end to the perfect end to a terrible movie is to just throw your movie in the trash can <laughs> and just prove to us that in fact it was worthless. Yeah. But yeah. On the other hand, Dark Phoenix, twenty nineteen coming out later this year. Coming, coming out, out soon. Coming yeah, out. So we're all excited about that. Who's excited for that? Yeah. Who's, yeah. Mm. Um, you know, we we got Captain Marvel. We got Endgame. We got yep. Spider Man Far From Home. Yep. All but Dark Phoenix. But Dark Phoenix, though! <laughs> Man, exactly. we have the long way to end to the, you know, 10-year Marvel saga uh, and Dark Phoenix. <laughs> exactly, exactly. exactly. And it is funny, though, that you said, like, it does, it does really feel that, like, they were, like, filming the end of Apocalypse. Yeah. They probably had some great ending. Yeah. And then, like, some executive, never, yeah. executive came in. They were like, guys, 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 guys. We just got greenlit for Dark Phoenix. 2019. <laughs> Fuck your ending. <laughs> Here's out. Yeah, it's like some like somewhere in some like Marvel vault or Sony or whoever owns X Men vault is like this like beautifully nuanced like layered. Yes. Right. Yeah. But nope. Right. Yeah, like some yeah, some like you know all the X Men like working together. Yeah. Because they all mattered. Right. And it wasn't just one character yeah. who mattered, and everybody else was a little. Just, yeah, I feel like this movie really co-spy on you liking all the characters right. already. Right, like, like, they don't explain why you should. Right, but it's built up Goodwill for the movies for, you know, Mystique, uh, Professor X, Magneto, Beast. You like the new characters already, and the new ones, it's kind of like, oh yeah, I like Jean Grey and Cyclops, because, you know, yeah, they're there previously, they're, yeah. they're cool characters. Yeah. But, like, otherwise, if, if it wasn't for that previous connection, this movie would be Batman versus Superman level bad. It would yeah. be Drek. It would be, be Justice League all bad. Yeah. Uh, That's true. I, like... I mean, it's testament, like... They introduce Angel and Psylocke. And, like... We literally... And, like, die. literally... Who the fuck, like... Why? Who the fuck are yeah. they? And the only person that could fly dies in the plane crash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alright, well... I think we've... we've uh, we have... Talked about this movie for a while. We've beaten this one into the ground. We killed this one with our creepy Egyptian sand powers. I think we might have. We might have put it into. You might, guys, we might have put it into the wall. <laughs> you guys can't see this, but I'm like laying in a pile on the floor. John's like borderline fetal position. I'm like, I just, I just don't, I just don't feel. Like, I, I, I hope you like 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 really drained. Being drained right. I feel like I hope, I hope you listeners appreciate John's sacrifice for this movie. Have you seen this? Twice. Yeah, that, that, that's Good is, God, that, people. That's like at least two more times than anyone should ask. <laughs> <laughs> at least. It's unbelievable how many times I've seen this movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, 
this is, uh, you know, we're, we're, so all we got, we watched X-Men Apocalypse today for our newly Christian, what was the name of the podcast again? Below Average Movie Critics. Blue Send average. suggestions to our Twitter account, which I will put up sometime this week. Right. And, <laughs> and, and, and in the meantime, just uh, send messages to Tarun yes. in the form of egging his house and putting messages on the eggshells. Please TP my apartment and my house <laughs> and don't exit me if you see me. That is the best way to give me constructive feedback. Thank you. If you see him in the streets, just, just spit on him. And yeah, exactly. Appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate it. All, right. all listener feedback is good. All feedback is good feedback. Exactly. All right, so. Play us out, play, 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 play us out, Akil. Yeah. Until next time, I turn everything off, man. I can't. Oh, I can't. All, right. all right, well, do you, want, do, you want to, do you want to wrap us out? You want to wrap us up? I just can't at this point. Let's you can't. <laughs> I just, all right. Well, all right, well, stay tuned next episode for John and Akil wrapping us out. Indeed. So, I'll, I'll, I'll try hard next time. <laughs> All right. Later. I'm back. <laughs>